It's such an honor this morning to stand here and, and open the word with you. We're starting a series called Advantage. As Brian has mentioned earlier this morning, I'm excited for this. For the next eight weeks, we hope to study the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, and this is great. I was thinking about it, just my own walk with God and, and, and learning and growing in this area. And even as God started preparing my heart for this morning and for this series, just the amount of depths that there are in this, this very topic that we're gonna discuss. This is what I love about this very topic is that the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit is here. And I'm gonna do my part, but he's busy in each of your hearts doing his part. So there's a partnership. Every time we open the word, in fact, there's a partnership. And my invitation to you this morning is that you would open your heart for the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to you as I lead us in the discussion today on his word. Turn to someone next to you. Don't say anything because it usually becomes a long conversation. Just look at them. So right next to you is a real person, right? Um, Now, in the very same way, the Holy Spirit is a person, yet we cannot see him like we see the persons here. But we're going to discover over the next weeks how he reveals himself to us. And If he was here today, he would be sitting right next to each one of us. He would be looking left to your right, and you would see him. And and I'm excited that over the next few weeks, we're going to see how the Spirit of Truth reveals himself to us. So we chose to call this series Advantage, and I'm going to show you why. Let's, Let's read our first verse together, John 16, verse 7. Jesus speaks about the coming of the Holy Spirit, and he says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I can imagine for a moment the disciples that's walked with Jesus up until this point feeling completely abandoned and confused. Saying, Jesus, please don't go. Why would you even want to go? You are the greatest human that ever lived. And we, we got to spend this time with you and now you're leaving us. And Jesus quiet their, their, their confused hearts. And he says, you know what? It's good that I go. It's actually to your advantage. So let's pause and think about that for a minute. There could be multiple reasons why Jesus said it. Well, I think one of the reasons is that Jesus, in his humanity while he was on earth, God incarnate into man, was limited to be with a few people at one time. But he says, when I go, my spirit comes. And as we will see this morning in Joel, it says that it will be on all flesh. So the advantage in Jesus going away is that the spirit of God comes and he's available to each one of us. So it's almost as if Jesus is multiplying his ministry, his words, his effect in all of us all at the same time. And I think that's a great advantage. Secondly, I think Jesus knew what it was to be a man, yet being infilled with the Spirit, and his disciples, not yet, knew what it was to live like a man and have the Holy Spirit. He was without sin. And I believe it's the work of the Holy Spirit in him that dwelled in him, that gave him the ability to be man without sin. And to be man in all the turmoils and troubles of life and get through it in an advantageous way. And the third thing I think, and I think there might be more reasons why Jesus says, it's to your advantage that the helper is gonna come is he was speaking about the fulfillment that's gonna happen at the cross. 
because he is the Holy Spirit and the Bible is clear that he wished to dwell in temples that are clean and holy. And because of the cross and the work of Jesus and him making us right before God again, God's Spirit loves to dwell in us because we are made right and we can be holy and set apart. I wanna just set us up to just give you a sense of how big this is that we're talking about. Just a few things about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a mind and expresses intelligence. Romans 8.27, 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 13. The Holy Spirit expresses emotions. Ephesians 4.30, Romans 15.30, Isaiah 63, verse 10. The Holy Spirit possesses a will and exercises volition. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. The Holy Spirit performs personal acts. And here's just a few examples. The Holy Spirit teaches people and reminds them of Jesus' teaching. John 14, verse 26. So he's gonna remind us of everything we've just went through with the Sermon on the Mount. Isn't that exciting? The Holy Spirit comforts and helps people. John 15, verse 16 and 17. The Holy Spirit testifies or bear witness. John 15, Romans 8, Hebrews 10. The Holy Spirit guides people. John 16 again. We're gonna do a lot of John 16 over the next few weeks. The Holy Spirit calls people to service. Acts 13 and Acts 20. The Holy Spirit commands and forbids various actions. Acts 16. The Holy Spirit leads people. Romans 8, Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit intercedes for people. Romans 8. The Holy Spirit searches everything. 1 Corinthians 2.10. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to people according to His will. 1 Corinthians 12.11. And the Holy Spirit speaks to people. 1 Timothy 4. That's just a few to mention. And I was just reading through that list. And I'm like, yes, Lord, then we want to know. We want to be taught in this and be trained in this and, and understand it and study your word and experience the fullness of your spirit because there is just so much in it. And then can you imagine the advantage you will have in life? Not just in your Christian walk, but out there. You've got the spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. That's a massive advantage. That puts us into that kingdom category that we've been talking about, kingdom culture, kingdom citizens, who just functions at a whole different level. And I'm excited over the next few weeks that we're gonna discover just how exactly does the Holy Spirit dwell in us and work in us. For a brief moment, I wanna talk about the Trinity. It's important that we understand this in order for us to move forward, that God is one God in three persons. That's what we believe. It's the Trinity. Three persons, yet one God. And inside the Trinity, there's complete harmony and perfection. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work together and dwell together in harmony. And sometimes we find this harmony in our religious walks or various thoughts of, of, of theology, and we think that there's a battle between these three. God is completely at ease with himself. And I trust him that if there's disharmony in how you see the Spirit in relation to the Son, in relation to the Father, that harmony is gonna to come to you as well. And you would see that the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus and just like the Father, is fully God. And he's a person just like the other two. I'm gonna read a statement to help and explain this to us. God is eternally one essence yet exists eternally in three distinct persons. Revealed to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
distinguishable but indivisible in essence, co-equal in nature, attributes, and glory, so that each is fully God, yet not apart from the others, without hierarchy in essence, yet hierarchical in function, with each person fulfilling distinct roles. I don't know about you and your journey to here and your understanding of the Spirit, but this is one of those theologies uh, theology is the study of the word that has, has caused massive strain in the body of Christ over many years. Different thoughts, different expressions, different philosophies of how the Holy Spirit works. And you know what? I love that we've got this. Because if we've got this, there's something we can agree on. This is why God has given us his word that everything inside of it shows us exactly what it is to understand the Holy Spirit. Some people have come and said, yeah, but there's some stuff outside of it. I would like to, that person to tell me that they know this from back to cover and exercise everything inside of it before they even touch something outside of it. I'm yet to find that person who knows this back to cover. I don't. I read it, and every time there's more inside of it that I discover. If we fully apply this, we will get the fullness, and we trust that over these few weeks, and this is important that you understand and see that there's a journey ahead of us. This is gonna take time to really grasp. And at the same time, the spirit of truth is working in all of your hearts. God is spirit. Jesus said this himself. And one of the things that we battle with in our Christianity across the world is that there's often been this divide between the word and the spirit. Some people say, I'm of the word, the Bible, the letter, and others say, I'm of the Spirit. Do you know that those aren't ever, in God's view, distinguishable from one each other? That it's one and the same thing. That the Spirit of God is God. That Jesus, the living word and the written word is all from God. And yet in our religion, we try and we pull these things apart. And then we become ununited in our understanding. So I pray for harmony for us as a house to understand the Holy Spirit this morning. He was involved from the beginning. Right in the beginning, Genesis 1 verse 2 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So we see it right in the beginning of the Bible, Holy Spirit fully involved. And then a couple of verses later, God says, we're going to make man in our image. He brings plurality in there to say that I am God, but I exist in just more than one person. So the Holy Spirit was involved at creation. And then John 1, if we want to run through the Old Testament, we'll see many examples of how the Holy Spirit have been involved. He came upon some of the prophets. He came upon some of the enemies. He worked on the kings. He worked on the musicians. And throughout the Spirit of God was involved and in Joel Chapter two, God gives a promise for the future and we are in that future. One day, my spirit will be on all flesh. We see also in John one verse one that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and the word stepped into this world. So we can't separate these things. If we wanna worship God rightly, we've gotta see him in his unity as the Godhead. We can't separate the spirit and the word. You can have the same emotional impact inside of your soul by reading the word 
than you can by singing songs. And I'm to testify of that. And I'm looking around and there's many of you who I know could share the same truth this morning. God desires those who will worship him in spirit and truth. So I pray that as we open up the word, it would cause that same kind of yes than we have when we are shouting and dancing. There's a story in the book of Nehemiah where the scribe Ezra opens up the word of God and he stands on a platform and he opens it up and he just reads the law. Nothing as, as beautiful as Psalm 103 that we studied last week, the law of God. And the people, no music, no striking up of a band, the people fell down on their knees with their faces to their floor and they started worshiping by hearing the word. And that's my trust. And that's what we as leaders have been praying, that the Holy Spirit would come and, and fall upon us as so we read the word. Peter was preaching the word of God and the spirit of God fell on many in the moment that the word was preached, not when the band was singing. So have faith for the next 20 minutes while I still speak that the spirit of God can come and move upon you in a way that stirs emotion and passion, that wants to make you bow before him as we discussed last week and just worship him because he is so beautiful and incredible. One last thought about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. John 14, Jesus speaks and he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus makes it clear here that there's no divide. That there's absolutely no divide between these three persons in the Godhead. Another example, and this is the first time Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a substitute helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Another translation says, for he dwells with you now and he will be in you. Jesus was there fully immersed in the Holy Spirit and he was there fully being in the Father. At the same time, and this is what is available to us, that seated with Christ, the right hand in heavenly places, with the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the full measure. And I have faith that some of you are gonna see God move you from areas of lack in walking and living with his spirit to areas of fullness. Our discovery over the next few weeks is gonna teach us how God wants to live in us and relate to us through his spirit. And this morning I wanna leave a concept with you that he wants to immerse us in his spirit. The fullness if you jump in a pool and you're underneath the water, then you're completely immersed. That's why we do baptisms by immersing someone under the water. Where do you get this idea from? It's John the Baptist prophesying about Jesus coming. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, 
whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That word baptize means to be fully immersed, completely under the water. And that's what the Holy Spirit has for us. The will of Jesus is that we are immersed in the full measure of the Holy Spirit. Not just in some parts of it, not just in some expressions of it, but the fullness. And this was so challenging to me this week. I've really been spending more time praying than trying to figure this out. But I'm God, show me in all of life, my relationships, my ministry, my work, my money, and everything. Am I completely immersed? Holy Spirit, have you just come and, and really rested upon everything? That's what it means. He wants to baptize us and immerse us in the fullness. We often pray, God, we want more. Have you prayed that before? I think our prayer should change to God, we open up more. God, we lay down more. God, we listen more. God, we read more. God, we want to understand more. So the Bible clearly says that everything that we are meant to have from God, He has already given us. I don't know if you knew this. So if we ask God for more, he's probably going, well, I've given you everything. Why are you asking for more? Ephesians 1 verse 3, praise be to God who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So everything that the Spirit of God has for us is available. So our prayers should change away from God. We want more to God. We we, we become less so that you become more in our lives. God, we want to be the ones to say, we want to pursue you more and understand you more and, and experience you more. Romans 8, the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So many scriptures that I want you to hear this morning to understand that it's the will of Christ for you to live in that full measure. So here are three thoughts that I want to leave with us this morning. I'm getting into the essence of what I want to share And this is what we're going to be studying over the next few weeks. And this is where I think it's been challenging for some of us. Because we might have been, depending on your background and the lens of the theology that you come from, you might just lean to one of these three more than to the other areas of the Holy Spirit. But there's three definite areas revealed in the Word of God about the Holy Spirit. And the first is that He is a person the Holy Spirit with us. Secondly, that there's a produce. He produces in us something. That's the Holy Spirit within us. And thirdly, there's power. That's the Holy Spirit upon us. That's the fullness. And some of us might have just been very faithful at the produce. The fruit of the Spirit just lives out of us and it's happening and there's gentleness and, and kindness and self-control and Yet we, we, we are a little scared to go to the power because we've seen some freaky stuff, right? I can tell you my history of being in various churches. Um, we toured at some stage in our ministry as musicians and we've been to quite a lot of churches from this side to as far as you can go to this side and we've seen it all. You know what? The Holy Spirit is never confused in how he expresses himself through us and in us. And sadly, environments have been created where one stream 
of the manifestation of the Spirit might have been taught in an overt manner and the other areas have not been discussed at all. We forget that he's a person. We want the power and the craziness, but we forget that he's right here. And at the same time that we administer our power and the gifts of the Spirit that he gives upon us, it's gotta be with gentleness and kindness. Have we lost that? We just wanna cut us abundant. There's just no love in there. There's no real care. The one thing I wanna say of this is that all three of these are equally important. The person, the produce, and the power, the Holy Spirit with us, the Holy Spirit within us, and the Holy Spirit upon us, equally important. And I wanna say this this morning. They are equally supernatural. Because if you understand who's walking with you, it's pretty crazy. And it's super outside of the natural world. So it's completely supernatural. If you understand what he wants to produce in you and the full measure of the fruit, jeez, we are, we come into this world with probably no, none of the fruit. <laughs> and then he, he, he created in us. It's supernatural. It's, I don't know if you've seen it when a friend or a family member, who, they're just so far lost. They meet Jesus and there's a sudden change of how they do and act. That's the power of the Spirit. That's supernatural. And then he's supernatural in the way that he uses us through the expression of power. First of all, the person of the Holy Spirit. This is what the person of the Holy Spirit does in our walking. Everywhere we walk, he is with us. He never stops walking with us. He's always there. It's a real person with us the whole time, right next to us. The question is, do you stop and do this? And like, okay, there's something ahead of me. Let me just think about it. What do you think should I do? It's a simple kids' church illustration, but that's how he walks with us the whole time. Right there. That's why I said, if, if we could see him this morning, he would be sitting on every chair right next to us. That's pretty amazing. But we forget that aspect. Jesus said this, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Jesus says, I'm sending you a very real person and I'm calling him the parakletos. It's the original word. The helper. And I studied that word a little bit. Sheesh. Listen to this. The parakletos means the comforter. Some of us needed comfort this morning. And the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, spoke. And the encouragement was there's a burden and Jesus sees it. And then inside of you, you feel a sense of hope. And the Holy Spirit is right there next to you, encouraging your spirit and saying, come on, you're okay. You'll get through this. He's a counselor. Where should I go? Left or right? This is one of the most amazing things is that you could hear the word of God like that, speaking to you, the voice of God, speaking to you clearly. That sense in your, in your spirit, like I, I, I think this is the right thing. We saw some friends last night briefly who we haven't seen for some time and they arrived in a new vehicle, not brand new, just new to them. And I asked him about the other vehicle so he said, yeah, they sold the one to get this one. And I said, yeah, but you had another one. He said, no, we gave it away. 
I'm like, that's amazing. That's probably the first time in 10 years that I heard someone say, we just gave our car away. And I said, what made you do it? He says, simple. The Spirit of God was speaking to me the same time he was speaking to my wife. And we came to one another nervously like, this is going to be really hard for us because we live quite far from where we need to be. But God said, like, here's the keys. Give it away. That's what he wants to do. He wants to counsel us in our decisions. He's an intercessor. The parakletos means he intercedes for us. The Bible is full of scriptures that says the Spirit of God is praying. When you pray in your spiritual language or in a tongue, it's the Spirit making intercession on your behalf. Sometimes I don't know what to pray for, but I've got an urge. The Spirit of God is saying, Pierre, you've got to pray. And I usually just pray in my tongue. And Paul says this, I pray in my tongue more than most of you, probably all of you together. Sometimes I feel like that. I'm just, I'm just trusting him. And then after a while, he reveals to me gently what it is that I've been praying for. Because Paul also says, don't only pray in the spirit, but pray with understanding. It gives me the ability then to say, okay, this is what I'm praying for, and I can pray specifically. But you know what I love about the word parakletos? Listen to this. It's an advocate. And the way that it's described in the interlinear study that I did on this word is that he's a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because he is close enough to the situation. But read it again. The parakletos is a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because he is close enough to the situation. He walks with us, and in that moment that we are unsure, he knows what the legal demands are of heaven. He knows what our situation is like, and he leans in and he says, Fred, let me help you here. And he makes a judgment call and we can listen and we can act. That's what's available to us in the person of the Holy Spirit walking with us. He's available in every conversation I have, every task that I do at work. The other day, Ricky had a difficult task with the bank and he wasn't know how to solve it, wasn't sure how to solve it. And he cried out to God in a very normal, natural way. And he just said, yes, Pierre, I don't know. God, God can just please help me with this. And supernaturally, a few minutes later, the phone rang and it was the bank. And they said, Mr. Farrah, whatever you were battling with, it's resolved. The Holy Spirit is involved in every task that you do at work. He's involved every time that you hear a message. Every time I preach a message, the Holy Spirit's involved. When my daughter acts out and he shows me that there's something deeper, that I shouldn't be angry, but actually just tune in and say, hey, what's, what's, what's happening? You're acting out. It's not just anger and aggression. There's something deeper. He's involved when my pride gets in the way and I need to go and apologize to my colleagues or to Eliana, that happens quite a lot. He's involved when he wakes me up to pray for someone, when he gives me a word of encouragement, when he shows me the true intent of a person's heart and I can actually act in a righteous way and not just lean into emotion. He's involved when temptation comes, he strengthens my inner person and I can look the other way, I'm like, not interested. The Holy Spirit gives me the power to say no to sin. And that's what's available to us. Some of you feel yourself in, in the grips of sin 
the fullness of the spirit and the power and the person walking with you is available for you. And he would say, hey, come, let's rather walk this way. He's involved and he helps me consider what I eat. That's how involved he wants to be. There's times in my life where I feel the urge to, to drop certain foods and it's probably because I need to just be a little bit sharp and can't do a whole lot of caffeine and sugar and all these other things because God has got to work for me for a season. That's how involved he wants to be. Some people battle with, with the way they eat. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with that. He's involved in the way he directs my thoughts. He's involved when I feel fear and doubt and he reminds me of God's promises. He's involved in when he woos my heart to spend time with the Father. Oh, this is the one I, I love when I just walk in the Holy Spirit. Just, Pierre, have you been quiet today? No, I haven't. Make some time. This is what the person of the Holy Spirit does. He reminds me that everything is for the glory of Christ. All of these things I mentioned, he's saying, Pia, I'm gonna walk with you. And everything you do, every conversation, every act, every thought, you can do it in a way that Christ gets to glory. Jesus said he's gonna come and he's gonna glorify me. How's he gonna glorify? He's not gonna pull out a trumpet and glory to God, glory to Christ. He's doing it through our lives. So the person of the Holy Spirit is with us and he wants to walk with us. Secondly, the produce of the Holy Spirit within us. That's the fruit, what he produces on the inside. If you've ever attended Kids Church, you might have gone through your little bangle with all the fruit or the, the, learning the, the, the fruit off by heart. But Galatians 5 teaches that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And the last one, goodness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and goodness. So not only does he walk with us, he comes and Jesus says he will dwell in us. He will live here on the inside of our souls. Bless the Lord of my soul, because the Spirit of God is in you and it just runs out of me. And our souls come into this world quite broken and life happens and we get more broken and the Spirit of God comes and there's an exchange at the cross when we accept Him and we are baptized and the old is gone and the new has come and He now dwells in us and He says, you know what? I have 100% joy available for you. I've got 100% peace available for you. Patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, it's all available. Some of us just naturally bend to more of the fruit, right? You get people that just joy the whole time. You get people, there's just a sense of gentleness. Have you ever been around a person that's just incredibly patient? It challenges me to the core because I'm not like that at all. But the produce of the Holy Spirit in us is he comes and he dwells and he says, Pia, I want you to raise your joy to 100. In fact, I don't want you to do it. Let me do it. Will you allow me to? But how? It feels impossible. Well, I'm gonna walk with you and the next moment sadness comes your way it sounds like the Inside Out movie at the moment. Sadness comes your way. I'm going to be next to you and I'm going to be in you and I'm going to say, hey, Pierre, don't partner with that. And then I'm going to be inside of you and I'm going to give you the ability to choose joy over and above fear and despair and sadness. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He produces in us a whole new way of life. Isn't that an advantage? I want you to get this this morning. 
Everything we have has been given to us. God made it. He made the world. He created us. We messed it up. And he said, you know what? I am a magnanimous God who just loves you. So I'm going to give to you again. And he gives us Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to leave. But you know what? I'm going to give you something great. And he gives us the spirit. So there's not that much up to us anymore. Other than just falling back and say, Jeez, Holy Spirit, let me walk in the fullness. <laughs> That's what's available. Yet we don't find ourselves there. Our brains get in the way and our feelings, our emotions and our thoughts. Imagine what it would look like if every person in this room was filled with the fullness of the person walking next to you, dwelling inside of you and his power upon you. I believe that's what the New Testament church had. And then years of turmoil came into the church. I want to go into church history. But it's still available today. And I believe in this community. I was praying for you for today. And I said, God, I love these people. I love them so much that I want to see each one of them live in that fullness. It's amazing. Jesus said this, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. In fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, and he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He is constantly producing inside of us life and fruit and joy and love and all these beautiful things. Have you grabbed hold of that fruit? Have you considered your fruit and said, God, you know what? I score myself a nine out of 10 at joy, but sheesh, my self-control is maybe at a three. My kindness is at a two. If you made it your prayer and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and give me more of that fruit? We discussed this in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we had the power of the Spirit, the demons, the prophecies. Says, there was no fruit. The kingdom character was lacking. You see, it's important that we understand the person, the produce. And then I wanna move, wanna move on to the third point this morning, the power. The word power is dunamis. And that's when God comes and the Spirit gifts us with abilities that is beyond our normal human ability. He's already done it all the way up till here, but this is in the expression of ministry. It's in being a witness to the world that there's a living God whose spirit dwells upon us and he gives us miracles and signs and wonders and gifts of faith and words of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy and discernment and all these things. That's his power that rests upon us. Jesus made this clear. He says, but you will receive power, not might, not a little bit. You will receive it, the fullness of it. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, there it is. It's in the Bible, the Holy Spirit upon us. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love that in this house we celebrate the expression of the power of the Spirit. It brings life to so many. I love that Dave and Lindy leads missions to the streets of this town and they trust God for the power of the Spirit to evangelize and tell people how much Jesus loves them. And every time they come back with testimonies of God's favor upon this, 
I love how we can sing and shout sometimes and how God, through the times of our worship and the study of his word, his presence is so real to us and it feels like he's fusing us and quickening us on the inside. Sometimes he gives us a prophecy or he gives us a tongue and we sing it out loud. But there's been moments where a tongue was brought to the front and then the spirit of God gives the interpretation to someone else and it's a witness to this world. You see, we've got to have to desire that in the same measure that we desire the produce and in the same measure that we desire walking with the person of the Holy Spirit. God has a full measure of all three of these aspects. You don't have to choose. Some of you have been choosing. I like this one more. I'm gonna lean. I'm more a man of just composure. I'm not gonna let the Spirit of God come upon me and say something that feels out of line or weird or you're just a very personal person. It's all inside here or maybe you're very powerful in your expression through the Spirit but you've been lacking to just ask Him for counsel. It's one of the things we do in our Christian world. We go to 40 friends and two pastors and life group leaders and the Holy Spirit's like, it's just, He's there and it's like, hey, pick me. And you go like, ah, it's not quite the answer I wanted. So WhatsApp, hey, are you available for coffee? And then we go and we, sure, there's wisdom in in community. But there's greater wisdom in community with the Holy Spirit. In walking with him. And actually pausing and saying, sure, what do you want me to do here? That's where testimonies come out, where Byron shared, you know what? Inside of me, I don't have the faith. So, Maybe I should send a WhatsApp. I, I, we were in conversation about his turmoil. And eventually he felt the conviction. You know, I'm going to send a WhatsApp. And he does a tongue in cheek. And then at the other end, there's someone in this house who's praying and saying, God, Holy Spirit, can you show us? Where do we give? And then the WhatsApp comes through and it's okay. The Holy Spirit's been walking with Byron, it's been walking with that party. And it comes together. That's what he's got for us. That's where unity dwells. That's where the blessing of God is commanded when all of us walk in that fullness. Imagine for a moment that this bottle of water is the person of the Spirit. And you're doing pretty good with it, to full measure. You really understand the person of the Spirit. You're living it, and it's the full measure. You've learned how to walk with Him, to speak to Him, to ask Him, the counselor, the advocate, what do I need to do in this immediate situation? And it gives you good judgment and you act, you're still not full in the measure that he has for you because you're not living in the fruit or the produce and the power. So he's saying, you know what I want you to do is I want you to also add the produce. I want you to be people of character where my fruit is seen in you. I don't just want to walk with you. I want to be inside of you and and bring forth a a way of life that the world looks like, jeez, that person just lives it. It's not only speaking it. You can see you can have the person and the produce, yet you're not in the full measure. We want to be full. We want to have everything that Christ, we want to be immersed, be completely full with the Spirit of God. Or you might have the power and the person, but the, the produce is missing. What God intends for us is fullness. All three together at the same time. There's a colorful life of advantage waiting for you. Are you gonna take hold of it?
Are you going to say, Spirit of God, everything that you have for me, I want.